The Fresh Brewed Coffee Podcast is brought to you by VX Media. Our focus is on life and the many paths it takes us down as individuals and how we collectively meet as a society. On this series, I'll be both starting and having conversations about life. Sometimes I'll be having them with the guests to discuss the extraordinary things that come with it, and I hope that these conversations sit with you and impact you in some way. With that being said, it's brewing time. to the Fresh Brewed Coffee Podcast. This is episode one. I am your host, Dakota Patterson, at ChempVX on all socials. And you know, it's funny that I started off by saying I am, because that's what this first episode is about. It's about who I am. And I ask myself that more times than I like to admit. I think we all do. I think when you go through so many changes in life, Sometimes it's easy to forget who you are. I feel like we all start off with a concrete idea. You know, who I am now is completely different than who I was a year ago. Who I was a year ago is completely different than who I was five years ago. Who I was five years ago is different to who I was in high school. And, you know, it goes on and goes on and goes on. So this morning I woke up and asked myself this. I ask myself, who am I? You know, some days I'm really sure. There's some things that I feel are concrete and there's some things that are abstract. I'm alive. I'm 28. I'm a father. I'm a partner. But everything else changes. Right now, I am an intern at Arcade Coffee Roaster in Riverside. But at any moment, I can change. Last, I want to say last year, but hell, six months ago, I would tell people I am a vegan prep cook at Vegination in Las Vegas, Nevada. And suddenly, I wasn't. If you ask me three years ago, I'll say I'm the one, the vocalist of a band called Journalist. Next, you know, I'm not. And I guess today, as a first episode, as an intro, I want to talk about identity. And I hope that this conversation sticks with you. Identity is such a strange thing. And... It's one thing that I completely lost. You see, last year, and I want to say last year because to be honest, I really can't remember. But last year, I'll just say it's last year, okay? So, bear with me. Last year, I had a major stroke. The stroke hit my left cerebellum. That's what controls the movements of the body. And long story short, you know, when I opened my eyes, and when I say open my eyes, it's because, you know, 
when you watch movies or whatever and they say, you know, when you die, your life flashes before your eyes. And, you know, watching movies, you question. You're like, oh, well, that's happened. Sometimes you're like, oh, I think it's bullshit. From experience, I tell you that's true. I remember sitting in a car. I remember my head feeling extreme pressure. I remember not being able to move much, not being able to talk much. I picked up my phone, I called 911, and all I could say was, Green Jaguar, Del Taco. And that's because I was in a Green Jaguar in front of a Del Taco, but that's all I can get out. I started to see my life flash, and I thought, fuck, this is it. This is where I die. Things went black, I woke up in a hospital first thing I did was, you know, move my legs and the doctor looked at me, he asked me, he said, how are you doing that? And I looked at him really confused because I was like, duh, like I'm moving, everybody moves. And then that's when he told me that my entire left cerebellum was hit with a stroke, a major stroke, and that technically I should be paralyzed. And hearing that was so scary because this happened a day before I was taking my flight to Ohio. And the reason why I was going to Ohio is because my son was going to be born and his mother's from Ohio and she was in Ohio. And the only reason she was in Ohio was because we were living in a car. And we were only living in a car because up north where we were living I had a roommate who was not paying her rent she was hiding notices so I had no idea until I got home one day and it said I had to move in three days so we were staying in a car trying to figure things out working full time and just things just were not adding up so yeah she ended up having to go back to Ohio I was going to move with her I told her I'll meet her there. Next, you know, I'm in the hospital and I had a stroke. And I remember in that moment wondering what this means. I remember wondering if I was even going to be able to make it to Ohio. <laughs> and I remember telling the doctor, like, hey, like, I have to take a flight. And he told me that. I shouldn't take the flight because the pressure of the airplane will like make my brain explode or something. I do not know medical terms, but basically he was saying that I'll be risking my life by getting on that plane. I did anyway because I couldn't afford another plane ticket and it wasn't going to refund me and I had to see my son be born. So I dragged myself on the plane. I remember getting off the plane and then once again waking up in another hospital. And, you know, I try not to talk about the stroke with my friends or with my family most of the time because they don't understand. There's also times where I was just nod my head politely when they speak of a memory that I have no memory of. So when I say that, I wake up sometimes and I ask myself, who am I? 
it's because I feel like every day I'm in a battle. I'm in a battle trying to remember who I was and figure out who I am. And some days I don't know. Some days I really have no idea if the person that people are seeing is who they always saw or if they see a complete stranger because I'm a stranger. As I said, you know, there's a few things I know. There's a few things I know about myself and there's a lot of things I don't, but one thing overall is that I know I'm afraid. Fear is such a strange thing to talk about because I feel like a lot of us hide it. It's like we're afraid of admitting that we're afraid. And I just think that's pointless because if we were to just talk about the things we're afraid of, we'll see that we're more alike than we are different. We'll actually be able to find common ground. And, you know, with the way this world is, it's like we're already so divided. It would be so nice to just find something that connects us, don't you think? In fact, one of the things I'm afraid of is that we are never going to be able to connect with each other. You know, maybe over something like gender, maybe something like philosophies, politics, hell, race. And, you know, that's a big one for me because if you know me, I'm black. And if you don't know me, I'm black. And race is something that people dance around so much. And I won't even say that it upsets me. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. I was a kid when I found out or realized that there are different shades of people. And I only found out because I was playing tag with the rest of the kids in the elementary school and this little girl looked at me and said you're it because you're black and that was the first time I looked at my skin and I haven't stopped looking at my skin since then and you know I didn't want to spend too much time talking about race but it's something that we don't talk about enough it's like that whole colorblind mentality it's like talking about race and the different experiences for some reason is seen as an issue or makes other people uncomfortable. I can't tell you how many times I talk about issues that black people face around white people, and not even just white people, but anyone who's not black. Anytime I bring up a black issue, they just get quiet and they just get uncomfortable. And it's like they don't understand that if they're uncomfortable, it makes me 10 times more uncomfortable. And you know what happens with that discomfort? It stays. It stays with me. It stays with everyone who looks like me. It makes us worry that we can't come to you about anything unless it's superficial. You know, it's like earlier today I was having a conversation about social media. And I was saying to one of my coworkers, hey, you know, being on social media sometimes gives me anxiety because I worry that every time I open up Twitter, 
I'm going to see another video of another black person being shot by another white cop who just gets a paid vacation. And my coworkers just looked at me and he just said, oh, just, oh. And that word said so much more to me when he said, oh, I thought of a few things. I thought, oh, as in, oh, well, you know, that sucks. I don't know what that's like, and I'll never know what that's like, so it doesn't really matter. Another oh I heard in my head was, oh, you're one of those. And it's crazy that just the word oh can make you think that. But how else would the word oh make you think? Think about it. I said I am anxious about opening up an app because I am worried that I am going to see another video of another black person being killed. Because guess what? That's all I see on social media. Every day I open up my phone on any app and there's news of another black person being shot in the street, in their home. And it's like, fuck, man, we can't even be safe in our own homes. But people wonder why I have trouble sleeping. I tell people, yo, I average maybe three hours of sleep a, a day. And they look at me like, wow, you must be partying or you just must be on a TV or something. And it's like, no, I just don't feel safe enough to sleep. I'm always worried. Hell, when I'm when I'm at my job, when I'm at a grocery store, I'm just worried. I am so hyper aware when I'm the only black person in the room. And it's not because I just purposely observe how many black people are in the room. But it's so easy to notice a lack of color when everybody stares at you as an outsider. That's part of the reason why I wanted to leave the coffee industry. Every shop I worked at was predominantly white. White workers, white management, white customers. The only thing black in these shops that I was working at was me and the fucking coffee. That's the only two things that were black. And that's so uncomfortable. Like... I can't talk to anybody about anything I'm going through because they wouldn't get it. I remember at my last shop, during the orientation, they asked us, why did we choose to be there? Like, why did we choose coffee? And I remember telling the owner, the reason I chose coffee is because coffee is the only black thing in the world that gets respect. It's the only black thing in the world that gets love. People love black coffee, but they hate black people. So it's nice to be around something that something black that's loved. And that maybe it's this twisted way of looking at things. But how else are you gonna look at things? I've had one of my white friends who I do love very much, but was out of their fucking mind when they said this. They looked at me and they said, Coda, it's a scary time to be black, isn't it? 
And I remember looking at them and thinking, and not just thinking, but asking them, when hasn't it been a scary time to be black? Did you forget slavery? Did you forget that even when slavery was abolished, there was segregation? You still didn't have rights. Like, we were always fucking stripped of our humanity. We were never seen as equal. And when you look at today, it's not any better than what it was before. Doing difference now is I can actually have a conversation with you and not be killed. But can I actually have a conversation with you? A real one? Or would it make you too uncomfortable? I can't tell you how many times I second-guessed or stopped myself from having a conversation with somebody who isn't black. Not because, you know, I don't like them or I don't want to, but simply because I was worried about losing the little bit of communication that I've had with them. Being black can be pretty fucking isolating. Um, hell, even in my relationship, my partner is white, and she's amazing. You know, don't get me don't get me wrong. She's an amazing partner, but even with her, there's a certain understanding that is not there. Not because she doesn't want to. She wants to, but she knows that she can't. I know that she can't, and that makes things a it makes things pretty lonely you know like when we were living up north we used to walk in this grocery store and nobody would acknowledge me nobody would acknowledge her nobody would look at us but they would acknowledge everybody else one day she went there by herself and she had a completely different experience everybody talked to her and she came to me and she talked to me about it and I told her, I was like, yeah, that's, that's what it's like being black. You're either hated or you're either hated and told that you're hated or you're hated so much that your existence doesn't matter. And there's so many times that I feel like my existence does not matter. Hell, why do you think we have Black Lives Matter? You know, like people thought we had Black Lives Matter and we were saying that other lives didn't, but no, Black Lives Matter was just a reminder of, hey, we're people, we're people too, you know? And how strange is it that you have to remind people that you are a person? Isn't it crazy that in order for slaves to be free, that was a debate? They had to decide if slavery should be illegal or not? They have to decide if segregation should be ended or not. They have to decide if black people should have equal rights. Isn't it strange that our society had to have conversations and debates and decide if black people should be treated as people? So it's kind of odd that people wondered or had an issue with Black Lives Matter. It's because they never fucking did to this country. But you're going to hear more about that later on. Another thing I'm afraid of is that I'm never going to be what I should be. 
And even that comes with a different conversation of what are we supposed to be? Who decides what we're supposed to be? You know, growing up, our parents were like, oh, I want you to be a doctor. I want you to be the president. I want you to be a lawyer. I want you to be a cop. And, you know, I never had any interest in that. I always wanted to be an artist. I always wanted to be a writer. Um, I wanted to create things. I wanted to have conversations with people. That's why I'm so drawn to a podcast. These are things that I always wanted to do. And I've known this my entire life. But whenever I told my mom what I wanted to do, she would tell me, be realistic. You got to be realistic about what you want. Be realistic about what's possible. And that word always pissed me off. That sentence always pissed me off. Not word, but being told to be realistic always pissed me off because who the fuck is to say what can be a reality and what can't be? If you want to be a doctor, there's certain things you have to do to become a doctor. If you want to become a singer, there's certain things you have to do to become a famous singer. Everything and anything is possible. But it's like we're told that it's not. We're told that it's not possible. And then we have to be realistic and choose this career. And it's just like that has been a struggle for the majority of my life until I finally decide to say, fuck it. I know what I want to be. But even though I know what I want to be and I knew what I wanted to be, I currently am that. But sometimes I'm afraid that I'm not going to be more than this. You know, I think it's easy to doubt yourself. It's easy to feel like there's never going to be anything more. It's never going to get any better than this. And even after I just said that I'm afraid that I'll never be what I thought I'll be or I'll never be what I should be. It's kind of laughable at this minute because it's like a moment of clarity, I guess. I'm exactly who I should be in this moment. And I'll be exactly who I'm supposed to be later when I'm supposed to be that. And I think there's something powerful about that. Acceptance of self. And now that I think about it, that's when I thrive. When I accept myself, I believe in myself. And when I believe in myself, I believe in the things I want to do and the things that I'm doing. And that allows me to reach my full potential. And my full potential is not up to anyone else to decide. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about it. You know, like the things I've done in my life. And the things I've been through in my life, that's all me. Every last bit of it, it's all me. It's my win to take. It's my loss to take. It's my victory. I would say defeat, but as long as I'm staying true to myself, I'm not being defeated and I won't be defeated. Holy shit, that's powerful. I think I'm going to leave this first episode off here.
I want you to sit down or stand up, whatever you want to do. I want you to reflect on yourself and reflect on your life. Are you being true to yourself? Are you reaching your full potential? When you look at yourself in the mirror, are you proud of the person that you see? And if not, what are you going to do about it? Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. What you do for you matters. And that is the brew of the day. See you next time.